Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. This is January 1, and we are going to begin with Genesis 1. The scripture says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the original text, the words are Breshit bara Elohim. That is, bara is the word for created. There are several words to make, to create, fashion. This is the word which means to create something with no previous material. It means ex nihilo, out of nothing. A substance, matter, came into being out of nothing. Only God can do that. And there is the assumption of God in the very first verse, in the very first line. In the beginning, God. There is no explanation for God. There is no justification made for God. There is no apology given, no defense given. Why? Because only a fool would say in his heart, there is no God. All you have to do is listen to the inside of yourself. Intuitively, the Bible teaches that man knows there is a God. He may not know his name. He may not know who he is, but he knows that there is someone greater than himself. He knows that there is a designer. There is someone who designed and put the rhyme and rhythm to everything that we do. That is just assumed in the Word of God, and rightly so. Bara means ex nihilo, out of nothing. God is so powerful that He spoke everything into existence out of nothing. And so the book of Genesis records that God created the earth, and the earth was without form and void. That means it was formless, it was shapeless. And it was uninhabited. It was empty. And God began his creative work and for six days created everything that there is on earth. And so he created the days. He created a rhythm to the days. He created the beginning of the day and an end of the day. And so in verse 5, it says, so the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 8 says, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Verse 13 says, the evening and the morning were the third day. Verse 19 says, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 23 says, for the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And verse 31 says, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And then you have to go to chapter two for the seventh day. Notice it says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and set it apart. That's what the word sanctify means. It means to cut off and set aside as something special. He sanctified it. And here's the reason. Because in it, he rested from all of his work, which God had created and made. So the seventh day was special. Now notice the chapter break is not where it should be. And this is a good place for me at the beginning of the year to say to you that the chapter and verse divisions, as you saw in your preliminary material, if you downloaded it, 
Or if you're reading the book, you will be able to see in hard copy that the chapter and verse divisions were not in the original text. They were added for clarity, for direction, for reference, and the chapter divisions were first added in the 13th century, in the early uh, 1200s. That's A.D., not B.C. That's the year of our Lord, Anno Domino or Domino. That is the year of our Lord. We're talking about just a few hundred years ago. And then the verse divisions were not added, those that are in our English Bibles, until the mid-16th century or 1551, thereabout. And we have been using them ever since. But sometimes we need to understand, remind ourselves that the chapter and verse divisions are not inspired, the text is. And let me say at the outset of the year that any notes in any Bible are not inspired. Only the words of Scripture are inspired. Podcasts are not inspired. Uh, Commentaries are not inspired. References are not inspired. Only the Word of God is God-breathed out of the very mouth of God. And so we have to go into chapter 2 for the first three verses to get the ending of creation, which is the seventh day, Shabbat, as it is named. And it is the only day of the week that is named in the Scriptures. You see, in the Bible, the days are numbered. Only one is named, and that's the day that God set aside as special. And he said, I want you to remember that I created everything in six days. I have set this seventh day apart for you to remember that I am the creator. And so the first real chapter of Genesis is Genesis 1-1 through Genesis 2-3. And then you begin a phrase in verse 4, toldot, or toldoth, as it is said in the Western world. And that is, these are the generations of, this is the history of, these are the markers that God had to divide up the first book of Moses, which is called in the Hebrew, Breshit. We call it Genesis, and we'll get to later why we call it Genesis, but it is the book of beginnings, and so it is divided into 10 sections, and what we will see all the way through the book of Genesis is that these are markers. These were markers of lineages and people that began to be passed down orally, and over and over meticulously, the story of God is told. And so in Genesis 1, verse 1, all the way through Genesis 2, verse 3, is the introduction to the Bible. It's the introduction to creation. It's the introduction to how we got to where we are today. And so God begins to set the rhythm. And so he has a beginning of a day and an ending of a day. He has the beginning of a week and the ending of a week. Aren't you glad that every 24 hours God gives us a new beginning? Aren't you glad that every week, every seven days, God gives us a new beginning and we get to start all over again? God made us like that. And the scripture says that when God created the heaven and the earth, it was without form and it was empty. That is, it was formless, shapeless. The topography had not been laid out because God was just beginning. So he brought matter into existence. He brought the earth into existence and 
then he began to work to bring everything in in the order that he wants. And many times people are very confused by this because someone has told them to be confused. For instance, if you just read the Bible, not just Genesis 1, but all of the Bible, you'll see that God is light. So there was a source of light before there was ever a sun and a moon. Sometimes people are perplexed by that, but they shouldn't be. You see, in heaven, the Bible says that Jesus is the light. In the great city of God, the celestial city, a 1,500-mile cube that is described in the last two chapters of the book of Revelation, Jesus is the light. You see, God is the light of the world, and he made the sun and the moon on purpose for a purpose, and that is to give us rhythm, to give us uh, seasons, to give us measurements and metrics whereby we can observe the days that God has given us. But God made everything, and he made it in order, in the right order. And often people will say to me when they read Genesis chapter 1 and then Genesis chapter 2, they will say, well, which came first, the chicken or the egg, the seed or the tree? Well, all you have to do is read those first two chapters of Genesis, and you'll see that God made everything with the appearance of age. He didn't plant a lot of seeds on the earth. No, he created full-grown trees, full-grown everything, even a full-grown man in total maturity. Adam, when he was created, had a mind that was like no other man would ever have, save the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the second Adam. And what I'm saying is he could name everything around him. He was given responsibility immediately. Long before the fall, Adam worked because work was delightful. It was purposeful. It was meaningful. And this is exactly the way that God planned it to be. So we need to understand that God made everything with the appearance of age. And none of us should be surprised when you measure rocks and you measure trees and you measure all things that are measurable and it has the appearance of age? Well, of course it does. But nobody knows that age because if you were measuring, your measurements just would not work simply because God created everything with the appearance of age. Now, listen to me. If an architect and a landscaper can go out and make something to look like it has been there for 20 to 30 to 40 years, and we can do that on a human level, Don't you believe that God who made everything, who can do anything, could create everything with the appearance of age? And so from that time on, every tree, every bush, every flower had the seed within itself. And that's exactly what the Bible teaches, everything after its own kind. There may be mutation, that is, there might be big horses, little horses, black horses, white horses. There may be all kinds of spotted horses, same thing with cows, same thing with you name it. There can be mutations within species, but there is no transmutation. A lizard doesn't become a man. I don't care how many billions of years you want to tack on to that. It is just not science. It is just not good science. The Bible is accurate in everything that it says. It's not a science book, but when it speaks scientifically, it's accurate. 
It's not a history book necessarily, but when it speaks historically, it's accurate. The Bible is accurate in any realm, in any arena. It is the inspired words of God. And so as you go through the creation order, you're going to see that on day six, God creates man. He creates male and female in his own image. Now that's the summary of creation is chapter one. And good writing always starts, good thought, good speech always starts if you're going to present a subject with a good introduction. You state, this is what happened. And then you begin to delineate any details that need to be given. And so this is what God does in the first chapter, chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 3, God gives the summary of creation. And what was the apex of his creation? What was the greatest of all his creation? It was man created in his own image. Male and female were created in the image of God. And so the scripture says that in chapter 2, God began to talk about the generation and the history of the heaven and the earth, and he centered in on man. Why? Because man was charged before the fall, before his sin, he was charged to work, to till, to keep, to watch over as a steward for all of God's creation. And let me just say something to you that might blow your mind. I am an environmentalist, a biblical environmentalist. In other words, I believe we need to take care of God's creation. I believe we need to take care of the land, the water, the air. We need to do that. We need to take care of the animals and treat them with the kind of treatment that is non-abusive, but treatment. But here's what I can tell you. I am not an environmentalist in the modern sense of the word. In that I believe that uh, tree life or animal life is more important than the apex of God's creation, man. We are not subject to the environment. The environment is subject to us. Read what Genesis 2 says. Man is given a stewardship, and we've rendered in many ways a very poor stewardship, but nonetheless we are given a stewardship. So you need to understand and take away from the book of Genesis chapter 1, which is our reading for today, just one chapter, but I want to help you to understand that chapter 2 is just the delineation and the explanation of the apex of God's creation, and that is man, and that what man is charged with, what God did, how he put him together, what his responsibilities were, and all of those things are important for us to understand who we are, that God put us on the earth on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And in life, when we lose our purpose, that is, if we lose a reason, just a reason for living, then we don't want to get up in the morning. There is no reason to get up. There is no purpose. God made us on purpose, and God made us to work, and God made us to be fruitful. God made us to be productive. And when we are not that, we begin to die that moment. This is why retirement is far-fetched from the Word of God. It's not a biblical concept. The only reason you should quit one job is to start another. You can rest, yes, take some time off, a leisure, travel, do whatever you need to do. But God made us to work. God made us on purpose. And if you don't have a purpose, it's an old axiom, but it really is true. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. Stay purposefully serving in some way or another. And God made man to serve. God made man to work. And when we find out what God's will for our lives is personally, 
And we do it, yes, it may be intense, it may be something that requires energy and thought and all of those things, and it will. But if it's doing what God puts you on this earth to do, it will be a joy to you. You may get tired in the work that God's given you, but you will not get tired of the work that God's given you, except in a momentary passing. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.